Are you ready to dive deep into meaningful discussions, explore personal stories, and gain practical insights that can transform your approach to mental fitness? Well, you're in the right place. Welcome to the Real Talk Mental Fitness Podcast, where open conversation and authentic connections come together to empower your mental well-being. I'm your host, Chinazom, and I'm so excited to have you here with us today. There was something that you said, Laura, which I wanted to touch on. And when you shared about what happened with your mom, and it must have been really, really trying time. But I also feel like you must have been, I call it spiritually awakened, to then be open to, to try something new. And that's what always shocks me of the way people don't use, I call them trusted advisors, like therapists, coaches. And we need to use them more. Like mm-hmm. we, because is this what you said? It, it just changes your life when you have that opportunity to talk to someone. Um, I wanted to just ask a question of what was that like going through that period of you using the therapist and why would you recommend it to other people? It's such an important question. I'm so glad that you decided to talk about this. It's not that many people throughout my life hadn't suggested it. In fact, I think Jamie will remember a time when I tried going to in-person therapy and I kept calling myself a therapy dropout. I just was so uncomfortable. And that was before COVID. But I also was like, and why am I going? I have everything in life. I don't, you know, there are people who probably need this person more than me. I know that sounds strange to say, but that's what I thought. And the stigma of therapy because of my mom and dad, as much as I love them, they were just like, you don't need that. Be tough. Pull your bootstraps up, girl. and Let's go. <laughs> so when I when I went through losing both my mom and my mother-in-law, something really interesting happened. I, I It was a co-worker, Brian Tam of all people, shout out to Brian Tam, who said, you know, here at our company that we work at, we have this awesome um, benefit and it's called Lyra.com and it's any other, you know, online help therapy, I would recommend any of them. This just happened to be the one that I used. And I found someone and I finally, I was very honest in the questionnaire and they really matched me well. And now she and I talk all the time and she has taken my mental fitness to a level where I didn't expect because now Chinism, I can speak about my mom, who was my best friend on the planet. I mean, there was no two people thicker than thicker thieves than she and I were, um, except for maybe my little sister, her and I. But losing her was the worst feeling of my life. And it's equated to grief, right? So a lot of the things that my therapist taught me about calming my nervous system down were to ultimately not attack grief because grief never goes away. You just learn how to process grief. You learn how to live with it. It's always there with you. And that is so difficult for anyone who's lost someone that they love. That yeah. feeling is, it's paralyzing for a lot of us. But I did something interesting. I took a lot of opportunities through my job to travel. I would raise my hand anytime there was a chance to travel, chance to travel. And I, for the first time in my life, I spent a lot of time alone, getting on airplanes, going out and meeting customers in Texas and Arizona and Florida and everywhere. And it was just like a way for me to hear my mom and my mother-in-law a lot louder, was to be kind of just get you know getting out of the area that was our community and our lives and all the things that reminded me of both of them. 
And um, so I just think that that it was, you know, it's a combination of all of that that got me through that time. But I can speak about them now both on the other side of this in a way that makes me so happy. And I that is the one feeling I wanted to get. That was the ultimate goal was help me to a place where I don't feel sad when the name comes up, when a memory is shared. And yeah. now I just feel lucky, like a, the luckiest girl in the world that I had the both of them. Mm. Um, and I, but it's because of that that mental coach, that therapist, my Elizabeth Merriweather, who just, you know, I don't want to downgrade that like someone like Jamie or my husband or my mom or my dad and my father-in-law, my sister weren't important to me too. They all were, especially my cat, Cardi. But very wow. weather. Uh, she just changed my life, I tell you. So I couldn't recommend it higher. I mean, what you just said, there's just so much amazing stuff to unpack there. I'm going to start off with the stigma that used to be around therapists or coaches. And I coming from the UK, the stigma is even worse. Like no one goes to talk to a therapist. You kind of just, you go to the pub or the bar, sorry, talk to your friends and then that's it. And also I'm being Nigerian, again, suck it up, pull your boots up. What are you mm -hmm. talking about? But coming over here, I was going through so many transitions. I was becoming a new dad. I was changing careers, um, then also changing countries. So I went through a lot. And I remember thinking, my wife is not, my wife is amazing, but she wasn't enough for me to unpack what was happening. And the therapist I worked with just, she changed, yeah, she just changed my life and opened my eyes. But it made me realize that I, we have to change this stigma that I only go to talk to, talk to a therapist because something's wrong. That's when I realized, no, you go to talk to a therapist because you want to do better. You want to, I wanted to be able to show up for my kids, you know, in the best way. I wanted to be able to show up for my wife, yeah, in the best way. So that was a game changer for me in that we need to change rid of that. We need to get rid of that stigma. And that thing is that I have two coaches now. One of the coaches, you know, changed my life. That's the reason I wrote the book. And I finally got to meet him in person. And it's just, just having that person, that sounding board, don't get me wrong, I need, I still need my friends, I still need my wife, but just having that sounding board is, I can't tell you how important it is. And then, and I work with a nutrition coach who, she's changing my life in ways I didn't even think about. I'd never realized how important the nutrition part was and also how that's linked to your psychology when you're stressed, it's actually a sign. So I really want people to start realizing is like, you go to trusted advisors, not because something's wrong, but because you care about showing up better for the people around you. And such a, yeah, such a big, thank you for sharing that. Jamie, I'd love to hear your, your view on this point. Yeah, I mean, I've um, been working with Tinism for a couple of years. And um, while it is more of a coach, it's I call it therapy also, because um, it is a little bit about everything, right? It's about like, we start off our sessions with what's new. Like, and it can be about anything. It could be about life, my kids, my work. And, you know, usually what comes out is like, you're not going to believe what is happening. And it's something that is either created stress, you know, because we all have that in our lives. Like we're going a million miles per hour every day, right? We are parents and friends and spouses and you know, working, uh, you know, big jobs and global and, you know, all sorts of retail. Um, we're everywhere. We're traveling. And 
all of this uh, creates chaos and, you know, and sometimes you just need to take a moment and express that out loud. And, you know, Shinazam can usually sense from me like, all right, we need a moment. We need to breathe. We need to calm down. Um, and we need to work through it. Like, what do we want to work on today to basically get you through to the other side of all of to the it. other side? Yeah. yeah. To just slow down, like, because you are going that million miles per hour. Let's get you back to a decent speed. <laughs> and it goes the other way too, right, Jamie? Right. It goes the other way too. It's not always bad. It's not always good. <laughs> right. And I think, you know, through my time, and this is why, um, like you said, Laura, that, you know, you can now see this grief in a, you're in a place where you can be thankful mm. and really smile about the experiences you have. And I think for me, it's become more of um, not necessarily turning grief, but turning chaos into sometimes a bit of like comical relief. Like, yes, I get it. This is the funny life that I'm living and I choose to live and I can laugh about it out loud and then, you know, bring it, bring it back to that speed. And so I think lately, you know, Shinism just laughs because I, I come in and I'm laughing at my own chaos. Like it is chaotic. I'm laughing about it. And that's very different than what I was doing in the past, right? Where I was maybe crying mm -hmm. or, you know, I had so much heaviness. And so I think for me, like, that's what that coaching, it, it, it just helps me. It, you know what it is? It's a thing on my list. I don't have a formal list, but if I had yep. my list, this would be my top thing on my list because yeah. I'm taking care of myself yeah. and I'm spending an hour on yeah. myself. I mean, and Jamie, you actually reminded me of something I'm very grateful for. I'm so grateful you have chinism because what you just said, managing chaos is a wonderful way to prepare yourself for ultimately grief, which if you're a human who's breathing and living on this earth, you will experience grief in your life. And you will have tools now from chinism that I honestly just didn't have before. Um, so that makes me very grateful that you found each other. And I wanted to add to, um, Jamie, thank you so much for sharing that. The, the joy of also having other people, um, so, so, so important. Because so for me, I'm also going through grief where my part, my, my dad passed away October the, about a few months ago Sorry. now. Mm -hmm. yeah, he was 92, and don't get me wrong, it was still, it was still shocking because I didn't know it was going to hurt as much as it did. But Aww. the joy about it was having the people around me so I have a particular friend who, you know, I've been talking about mental fitness and he always calls to check in and like, okay, what are you doing to process your emotions? And then he would start replaying stuff that I said to, to him. It's like, I said, oh, I took 15, 20 minutes here. And he's like, oh, was, was that long enough? So I, he forced me to actually, I had to take walks, like two hours, I'd go to this beach, just staying there, trying to remember the joy of having, yeah, what, how I wanted to remember my dad. And then that was what made me actually go to visit my brother. And that was that was such a great experience to all us be together, where I was able to now, strange as it sounds, start trying to celebrate his life. Mm -hmm. uh, so 
having people around you and having those tools, like Laura said, is an enlist to actually think, when the grief comes, what am I going to do? And who are those people that I'm going to go to to help me um, trying to get through this? It's quite, it's quite important. The, it's beautiful. The, the thing I was also thinking about is the list, Laura. I love that you have that list because I feel people need to know what what should what to put like what to put into this. Yeah. And when you have the list, you also need to know what 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 do you do for recovery and what do you do to rejuvenate you. So for instance, it was like, it wasn't until that friend forced me to like, how are you going to process this? Then I was like, okay, I know that when I go to that beach and I just walk around, it just does something to me looking at the water. So I was like, okay, I'm gonna do that. There's a place I call, it's near our house called Quiet Water. It's such an amazing place to just walk in nature and you have the Chesapeake River there. So I was like, I'm definitely gonna do that. And then, then I have other friends I, I call, I can speak to. I never thought about going to visit my brother, but I just thought being around family at that time was going to be important. So was, oh, yeah. that was the question I wanted to start asking is like, understanding what are the things that rejuvenate, and when I say rejuvenation, for me, rejuvenation is tapping back into your purpose, like trying to work out why, why do you go to work? Why do you do the things that you do? Because I feel like that helps push you on through the tough times. And then also recovery is what are the things that mentally recover you when you've like this year has been crazy so what are those things and i wanted to ask whoever wanted to share a bit more like how do you how do you find out what those things are and put them on your list it is a very good question i asked elizabeth when she told me hey you know let's talk about your nervous system and let's let's see through diet exercise and sleep and self-care what you're doing and i said okay, like make a list. And she goes, yeah, make a list. I couldn't think of anything because I had never been taught any tools. Um, really, truly, I hate to say it that way. I was just like kind of self-taught my own mental fitness. Yeah. I was self-taught through, you know, I my dad moved us 12 times by the time I was 12 around the country. And so I had to learn real fast that I had one friend in life and that was my sister. And that I had to learn how to really adapt quickly and how to, you know, be into an environment. So I thought about that experience growing up as a kid, Chinazam. I thought, what were the things that I would do when I would go into a new school? And here I am every single year of elementary school, I was in a new school. Here I am again. No one likes me. I have no friends. What are the things that I would do? So I'd picture that, you know, sweet little third grade Laura out on the playground or sitting alone in the lunchroom and having to go sit with the librarian because nobody would talk to me. And I started there. So it's kind of like everything you and Jamie have mentioned today, I, I'm hearing a theme, like it's almost like we're trying to get back to innate primal instinct feelings because we've said walking and floating and cold plunge and ground. And we've said running, we've said so many things about diet and exercise and that's where I expand. I just think, okay, think about little Laura now growing up through the years. Now she is not little anymore and she's in a different environment, right? She still walks into rooms sometimes and feels out of place. But going back to my superpower, I just try to make it fun. I just try to make my self-care fun. I try to have every interaction fun. And I love challenges. Something that really changes me is finding a challenge and walking headfirst into that fire. Not that I'm good at it, 
not that I'm good at it at all, but I find that when I come up, because I always do, on the other side of it, I'm a little bit stronger too. So I find myself also seeking out challenges, but I'd be happy to email you the list after this, Chinism, <laughs> this famous list of mine. It's very long. There's not enough podcast time for me to read it to you. <laughs> I'd love to get the email. And I love that you brought that to fun because I, I just feel like that list is quite important to people to, something you just said is a client actually brought that to me where when she visualizes, she has her childhood self and then she has mm -hmm. her older self. So you're almost getting advice from you in the future and you, yeah. And I find when you do that list, unfortunately, by the time we get older, we've lost touch with the child. But yeah. the child knows what brings you joy. The child knows what needs to go in there. And the more we can keep in touch with the child, we can start to fill that tank up. But I love what the client said in there. Also, if we can speak to ourselves in the future and say, what should I be doing now that yeah. you thank me for? I thought that was so powerful when I heard that. And Chinism, can I ask you a question? Yeah. When your client told you that, did you think about your own self and your own childhood and being a man? I know that um, you talked about male mental fitness um, as something that you really focused on with your work. How did that affect you when she told you that? Did you model that for yourself too? That's a great question because I haven't actually brought into my visualization me being a child. But mm -hmm. as you say that, what I try to do is I try to tap into my son so I always try to play with him and see things through his eyes. And so I very intentionally think at the end of the day, what am I going to do that's going to be fun for him? So by doing that, it forces, I think that forces me to go back into my childhood self. Mm -hmm. But uh, I love that you brought that point out because I feel like now when I'm going to start reflecting, I'm going to start trying to rediscover that child and think what... Because it's so funny, I found a picture of myself when I went to my brothers and me as a kid. And I showed it to my son and he couldn't understand who that person was, where he said, that person looks like me. Oh. <laughs> I started picturing how would me, the kid, interact with my son now? That might help mm -hmm. our relationship because I want mm -hmm. to be his best friend, but I also have to be his dad who you know sets the boundaries. And sometimes I feel I strain to the dad part a bit too much and I want to make sure that I'm balancing. So maybe I do need to tap back into that child you also just said my favorite thing sorry jamie to jump in but that is what i was gonna say is you have to be your own best friend throughout your entire life because as sad as it is to realize this you are the only constant person other than maybe a sibling that you've had since the beginning of time you know siblings are like that but you are the only person that you really can protect you and if you are protecting your inner child, if you're even a child envisioning what your life might be like as a 40 year old or a 50 year old or at the end of your life, really that visualization of taking care of yourself and protecting yourself in those years in that environment is really important. I had to do that as a kid who was new. Every, Like I said, every single year of my life in a new school, I had to be my own best friend because no one wanted to be my friend. <laughs> so even when I found that like traveling for my job was a way to relieve grief, I was by myself, right? And I would get to these destinations in Southern Texas all the way down to the very tippy point of the country and find that I was all alone, but I loved it. I loved taking care of myself. I loved going through that sort of self-care and coming out on the other side. I mean, it was hard work 
wasn't always pretty, wasn't glamorous at all. Lots and lots and lots of tears, but I made it. <laughs> so you sure did. You definitely, you definitely did make it. Um, Jamie, I know we, please, I want to give you a chance to share before I dive back in. Yeah, I, um, for me, um, I do connect a little bit into, um, my dad, actually, when I think about what drives me, um, my dad made it and my mom, but, um, together really made a really tough decision to leave our family, uh, behind and leave our money and, uh, leave everything basically to find a better place for our family, uh, here in the U S when uh, my brother and I were teenagers. And I think about this a lot, right? This is to me like a guiding post of everything, every decision that I make seems so simple in comparison to that decision that they had to make, right? Mm -hmm. And um, and when I asked my dad, like, what, what, um, what brought you that strength? It, he says, you know, it was his mom, right? And so there's this connection that I have to, um, you know, when I need to figure out what I'm gonna do next, is this decision a decision that I should make? I try to like really connect, not even, sometimes I ask my dad like verbally, but most of the time I'm not even connecting that way. I'm literally thinking, what would my dad do? What would his mom, you know, my grandmother have done? And that really is this weird spiritual uh, connection that I make to make that decision because it seems it seems not so big anymore. Damien, I love that you just shared that because for me, trying to think how to remember my dad, it's just been it's just made me realize that he's not gone anywhere. Like I literally I keep having vivid dreams and almost having conversations like he's still here. And I know that sounds crazy, but spiritually, because he almost poured everything of himself into me, it's almost like the conversation I have with him are even upgrading and he's still somehow growing. As I'm growing, he's growing. And then I get new knowledge from things he said. And I'm like, oh, that's what he meant. And so for me, I still, before he passed away, there's a place where when we grew up in the village where he used to always sit. And I keep finding myself sitting right next to him and we're just having these conversations. And spiritually, I think that's a good way of just keeping that connection with our parents. Oh, I love that. Yeah, and I didn't know him at all, Chinism, but I know one thing. He wants you to be happy over everything. And I think that's every parent's dream is that whatever they're doing and however old they are, whoever they're with, just as long as they're happy, yeah, sure. you know, that's another secret to life. Yeah. And your dad sounds great. <laughs> yes, thank you so much. Well, he was great. He was a great man. Uh, and that brings us to the end of another insightful episode of Real Talk. We hope you've enjoyed today's discussion and have gained valuable insights into enhancing your mental well-being and productivity. Now, before we wrap things up, we have an exciting opportunity for you. Are you curious about your mental fitness score? Want to know how you can improve your overall well-being and boost your productivity? Well, we have just the thing for you. Head over to our show notes, where you will find a link to our exclusive mental fitness quiz. It's a quick and easy assessment that will provide you with a personalized score and actionable steps to enhance your general well-being and productivity. 
It's like having a personal coach in your pocket. And don't forget to subscribe to Real Talk on your favorite podcast platform. By subscribing, you'll be the first to know when we release new episodes filled with valuable discussions, expert interviews, and practical tips for leading a fulfilling life. You can also connect with me, Chinazom, on social media. Follow me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook for daily inspirations, updates on upcoming episodes, and behind-the-scenes peeks into the Real Talk community. Remember, your mental well-being matters, and taking small steps towards improvement can make a significant difference in your life. We're here to support you on your journey. Thank you for tuning in today. And a special thank you to all our listeners who have joined us on this incredible podcasting adventure. Your support means the world to us. Until next time, keep striving for a better version of yourself. Take care and stay mentally fit.